Hello and welcome to the Financial Freedom Podcast, delivered with personality by the team from Rachel Bell Wealth Management, along with their occasional special guests. I'm joined today in the studio by Practice Principal Rachel. Hi there, Rachel. Hello, James. Now, today we're talking about the great wealth transfer and some of the figures that will come out in this conversation are absolutely mind-blowing. They will also be followed by some very sage advice. Before we get into those figures, I need to let you know that the discussion points that we cover in this podcast are our own views or those of the guest speakers and do not constitute financial advice. We always recommend that you speak with a professional before considering your own situation and taking action. So, there is a lot of money swilling around in the world, Rachel, it would appear. And over the course of the coming years, that is going to transfer from one generation to the next. Can we start with just talking about some of the numbers that are in play here? Yeah. Just to put it into context as well. So, the reason why this is happening now is baby boomers. You know, so baby boomers from the four, uh, the 1940s and the 1960s. So all of these people are now reaching um, a lot older age, which means that they're looking to plan to move that wealth down the generations. And these are people who have often been really careful with their money. Um, they've been through very difficult, challenging times. So they've, they've acquired quite a lot over the years. And they've also benefited from often amazing pension schemes as well so that's how this has all accumulated and to just put a little context about around it i found this figure quite alarming so there's roughly and i i don't have the latest figures but there's around about 7.2 billion people on the planet okay so between now and 2025 over 100 billion will pass down to the next generation. That rises to 355 billion by 2047. And those figures are quite well thought through. So they are from um, estate administrators, um, King's Court Trust, but also from the Center for Economics and Business Research, CEBR think tank. So, you know, that, that just blows my mind. 80% of people who have acquired wealth are over the age of 45. This is Office of National Statistics. I'm conscious I'm throwing a lot of stats in here. But, you know, as we're getting older, um, we just need to be having a few more conversations, I think, James, because it's quite important. So so when we say we'll be transferred, what what do you mean by that? Because they are massive figures, figures that are almost impossible to comprehend actually yeah so when we say a transfer of wealth what what do we mean a transfer of wealth um can often take place during somebody's lifetime in which it would be classed as a gift um so let's just say for example um you kind of want to help the kids out with a deposit on their first house um and let's just say you're in a position where you give them ten thousand pounds during your lifetime that's a gift an inheritance is normally when somebody has died and they inherit an estate. Okay. Um, so there's two ways to do it. Um, and both can be very relevant uh, or not. Sometimes 
assets aren't necessarily liquid. So if you kind of, somebody will inherit the house you live in, you can't really give that while you're living in it. So actually a question that we often get asked. Um, you could in theory give it, but there's quite a lot of pitfalls that people can fall into as well if they do, which means that legally it wouldn't be classed as a gift. So let's peg this back then, Rachel, to, to, to brass tacks. There's a, there's a lot of money swilling around. A big chunk of that before 2025 is going to transfer from one generation to the next. A huge chunk is then going to make its way between generations over the decades that follow. It sounds like the government's in for a massive payday right now. Potentially. Um, yeah, potentially, you know, because you're only allowed, I say you, the, or the allowances for something called inheritance tax, or it used to be death duties, you know, so even some of the older generations and grandparents still do call it death duties. Then if you plan, you can make sure that your estate is transferred very efficiently and reduce your liability to inheritance tax. But if you don't, potentially after a certain amount, the government will take 40%. Uh, so some of our clients or some of our older clients who don't spend a lot, we actively encourage because we'll say, that, you know, just think of it that if you don't spend this and enjoy it now, potentially for every pound that you don't spend, the government's going to take 40 pence of it anyway. It's a bitter pill to swallow, actually, especially I think for those generations who have worked so hard and who have been so careful with the funds. And, as, well, I speak from experience there in, in the context of conversations I've been having with my parents recently, because they're saying, why should we have done everything that we've done to come from nothing, mm. where you know where we're literally, we get to the end of the week, and if we've got one spare pound, we treat ourselves to a rasher of bacon each when we were first married to now we've worked damn hard across all of our lives to get to the point where we're comfortable yeah and we're not getting to the end of the week and wondering if we can afford a rasher of bacon you know why why should the government just take 40 percent of all that for absolutely nothing it, it doesn't feel fair and it doesn't feel just and probably from a personal perspective i don't want to get political there i could go down a whole soliloquy of of, of my views on it that was a big word james <laughs> that was a really big shakespearean word, <laughs> word. it's a shakespearean word um, so, so I suppose if we've set the scene and we know that all this money is swelling around, it'd be really good to just to talk some 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 realities in in terms of what what people can do and how it works because that's where you come in. Yeah, that's where there's value in speaking to and taking counsel from a financial advisor. So, wh where does it all start? If somebody picks up the phone to you and says, I've got to a point in life where I've come to, well, I've got X amount in savings, I've got X amount in a pension pot, we've got a couple of properties, but we're not getting any younger. Can you help me? It's a really good point. And the, and the, the, the story that you talked about your parents there as well, James, is so common. Um, so I'll pull both of those back a little bit if I can, because can we help you? Well, the answer to that is absolutely yes. We did a survey across our clients earlier on this year. And one of the questions that we asked was, what do you worry about? And one of the things that they do worry about is inheritance tax. And 
how they can support their family, especially when there's so much going on in the world. Um, and, and I think going back to your question about not being too political, whichever um, political party is looking after everything at any one time, if we could all hand on heart say, do you know what? We really know that you spend our money well. I think that's a different conversation. But when you think about the likes of your parents who know what it's like to have nothing, they've worked really hard for everything and they want their nearest and dearest to benefit from it, not the government. And that's so common. Um, it, it's really, really common to the extent that they'll often put that as a priority above their own needs. So they'll put helping their children and giving away assets and money before thinking about what they're going to need for the rest of their lives. So just to use your parents as an example, James, because that's a very, very common scenario and something that we come across really regularly with our older clients. And I don't mean, I mean, anybody, any of our clients really over the age of 60, I would say, you can't buy being content. And if you're used to having nothing and you appreciate everything that you've got, you don't then want to go out and buy stuff or you don't feel the need to drive around in a, a, a flash car. You don't feel the need. But what you do want to do is spend time with your grandchildren to see them enjoying themselves, to have everybody around for family dinner um, and to really look after and treat everybody. All of those kind of things are human touch, not stuff so we do have a hard time sometimes trying to get our clients to spend money that because they've got often got good pensions that they've built up and if they don't spend it the government potentially is going to get 40 pence out of every pound etc etc but the reality is we will go back for our next review meeting and still find that they've often got excess income um, and they're not spending and that the wealth is just building up in their bank accounts so having the conversations is a really privileged position to be in to say, okay, let's just kind of think about if you could, what would you want to do with that? How would you want to support your grandchildren? How would you want to support, um, you know, your son with his startup business or anything like that? And you can almost see the faces light up with, well, I don't want to give them, I don't just want to give them money. They need to work for it, but it'd be really nice if I could see and feel that I was part of that. So having the conversation, and I know we say that so many times, James, but just opening up and taking the time to talk and understand what's important to people means that we can plan around what's important to them and how it's going to work and do it efficiently so that we reduce their inheritance tax liability that we can see so they can see a clear picture as to how their wealth can be transferred how they want it to happen and that whoever's in charge isn't going to be able to be reckless with their 40 percent inheritance tax you made you made an interesting point there because you also said that quite often people who are older won't have given any thoughts to their own needs mm. and that's really interesting to me because you know again if we use the uh, example of my parents before and when my dad tends to come up quite a bit in these podcasts uh, it's there in the 70s now early 70s and if I think back to my sort of my grandma and granddad 
when they were in their early 70s, they were like old, if you see what I mean. Yeah. They, they were of a generation where they were old. They were old people. And then I look at my mum and dad, my mum and dad now, and they've got an amazing social life. They enjoy themselves. They're, they're out in, in town in Manchester with having meals with friends. They're at the theatre. They're, they're on holidays. And that's amazing. They're grandparents, but they're totally different in yeah. their outlook on life. Um, but probably don't take time to consider their own needs at the same time because they just live in the here and now. Mm -hmm. So you've said many times in the past, well, we're planning for a hundred year living now. Yeah. So how, how, how do you achieve a balance when you're sitting down with people of inheritance tax planning mm -hmm. so that as much of the wealth that they've worked so hard for stays in the family mm -hmm and making sure that they've got absolutely everything that they're going to need over the remainder of their life, which could be another 20 plus years. Yeah. And, and ensuring that there's never a point where they're, they're worried or concerned because they might have made another decision elsewhere. It feels like it feels like there's a bit of a balancing act there and it might be quite difficult to achieve. It is because often again, they've never thought of these questions. So what we find, first of all, is it's very much an education piece. Because as with the news, uh, you know, we believe wholeheartedly what's on the news and what's in the newspaper. But helping to understand what somebody's inheritance tax liability is, is one of the first and most important points. Because sometimes they assume they've got an inheritance tax liability and they haven't. Other times they don't think it's something that applies to them and it really does. Just picking up on something that you said there about your parents living in... Um, the here and now and kind of going things and about re their retirement being very different to how it was with grandparents. That is exactly right. But the reason why a lot of grandparents live in the here and now is because they've got really good safety nets. They've always been really good at saving. So they know if the roof falls in or if the kids' roofs fall in, <laughs> they've got plenty to be able to help out so that they can live in the here and now because they've work really hard that they can do that. And that's quite different to the generation that's coming up behind. The savings that our grandparents or parents have now is far more significant than most people have coming up behind of the next generation. And that's quite an important point, actually, because that's what gives the peace of mind and the contentment to be able to do it. The pipe and slippers, you know, at, Totally with you. I mean, I remember watching my granddad um, do the fire, um, you know, to make the fire up, and it was almost meditative to to watch to watch it. And he would he would sit there and read the paper, do the fire, and go out and walk the dog and everything like that. You know, now we've got people in their eighties who are going exploring. I mean, some of our clients, uh, one of our clients, um, is just going off to Cap Kathmandu. We, what we do when, when we're looking at planning and planning for a hundred year living, because again, it's still quite a difficult concept for people to get their heads around. We all know that everybody's living longer. More, more importantly as well, people are living longer, but not necessarily in good health. We know about the cost of um, care. We know it's very expensive, but we need to 
sometimes point out those things and make sure that you've got. So where we make a start is we just look at the very basics. So we pull it back and we think, right, how much does your life cost you now? So most people, when they're retired, will no longer have a mortgage or they won't be paying rent. So we look at three different kinds of expenditure. First and foremost is essential, which is how much it costs to actually live. So your bills, your council tax, water, um, mobile phone bills, household insurance, car insurance, fuel and food. Those are the main things that you need to live. Okay. The next part we've got is something called discretionary spending, which means that you won't die if you haven't got it. And it's a nice to have. So it's your meals out, um, you know, treating the family to uh, a weekend away or going on holiday yourself. And then lastly, we have luxury, which would be your bucket list or I would really like to go further afield, but I like to have my legs stretched out a little bit. So I've always dreamt of going business class to Australia. Those kind of things are really lovely conversations to be able to have. And what that does is that gives us a very snapshot of their life now. So what we can then do is plot that and think, right, okay, so let's say, for example, you are um, mid-60s. It might be that when you get to around about 75, that you might be inclined to go to more Europe rather than Kathmandu. You might then spend a little bit less um, from that. So your spending might reduce then. But let's factor in other things that you might need. Probably need to replace the car. Um, You'll need to replace white goods. Um, Your granddaughter's going to be getting married or there's university fees that you'd like to be able to help with. Build up a really accurate picture of their life. And then we use something called cash flow modeling. And I know that sounds like, you know, making sure you've got money in, money out. But what the cash flow modeling tool allows us to do is to bring all of that to life on a graph. And the ideal scenario for somebody in retirement is that there's no red on there. If there's red, it means that there's a shortfall between what their needs are for spending, including their luxuries, to what they've got. Okay, And with many of our clients who've built up this wealth, there's actually not just not only any red on there, but the line that shows what they need, there's lines above that, which is excess. So when they can see and know on this graph, we factor in inflation, we we even factor in things like a market crash um, and investment returns and things like that. It really we try and ask for as much information so that that reflects the true picture as much as we can. Bringing it to life, the response we get is always, wow, that looks really good. It's really reassuring. And I'm not trying to be kind of gender specific here, but it's often mum or grandma that will turn around and go, oh, I feel a lot better for seeing that. Grandma's not interested in the day-to-day bit because, you know, granddad's often the one that has been taking care of that. But this graph and showing her that she's going to be fine for the rest of her life, the the graph finishes at age 100. So often if you've got an age difference, there's a transfer of wealth from when the first died to the second. But what we can also then show, this is this very, very clever piece of kit, is at that age, when they've had everything that they're going to need, what's left and what's inheritance tax liability going to be in 2060? 
or whenever that might be. And that is when you think, oh my goodness. So how can we help and how can we look to plan for that now? And there's so many different ways that you can do it. But what I've done, first of all, is reassure, actually, you're my priority. When you're on a plane, you hear everybody say, put your own oxygen mask on first. We've made sure that you're going to be okay. Now let's look at how you can help your family and the ones that you want to and how we can do that efficient transfer of wealth. So there's actually a really clever, partially tech-fueled, partially asking the right questions-fueled process that sorts out one bit of all of this, which then means that the other bit is, or the information for the other bit is there in order for the conversation to be started. Yeah, massively. Clever stuff. But it's the reassurance, James. You know, you can see somebody that is ordinarily not engaged with finance, Mm. but all of a sudden their shoulders just go, oh, I'm going to be all right. Okay. So therefore, we're able to really accurately, or, well, really accurately, if everything is correct, map out finances for the extent of somebody's life up to 100, Mm -hmm. um, and then do the inheritance tax planning on the basis of that information. So that that's really good. And I suppose forward thinking people are going to embrace all of that opportunity. They're going to speak to a financial advisor and they're going to start the ball rolling. Let's just look at an, an extreme, which is somebody who hasn't done any of that. They suddenly find themselves in a position where they've inherited a decent amount of wealth. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the government's got 40% of it, but they've still got a big chunk that's dropped into their bank account. Mm -hmm. How would you go about supporting somebody like that? And and how important is it for them to get the right advice before they potentially put that money in to investments or areas that are real advised? It's a really, really important area and a a really good point because very often in that situation that person's also dealing with um grief and and i know we've talked james before where um we've had a conversation where you actively encouraging your parents to go and spend the money because you don't want it or you don't need it Often the need part is an important conversation. And I'll just give you an example of that. So some of our clients that we work with at the moment are very independently wealthy. Um, Similar, well, slightly older than me. uh, So very early 60s. And their elderly parents are still alive. If they were to inherit from their elderly parents, then actually that would be detrimental to their estate planning because they don't need it. So first and foremost... As we did with grandparents, we look at what their needs are, what their aspirations are, what potentially this lump sum would mean to them. And then we would also look at, if they don't need it, how we can almost skip a generation. Because they don't need it, but they want their children to benefit from it, or they want their grandchildren to benefit from it. So there's lots of lots of solutions that you can build in that, again, are according to the need of that person. And more and more, we are finding that people my age, I mean, I would hope that, 
you know, if I was ever in a position to um, inherit that it'd be nice to think I wouldn't need it. And it would be nice to think that you can kind of look at doing something that you want to do with it for future generations. But in order to establish that, I need to go through a very similar exercise as what I just talked through there with the grandparents who are the ones who are leaving it in the first instance. You've got to look at what your needs are and look at if you're younger, there might be quite a lot of red on that cash flow modeling because you're just early on in your career. You're just building up those funds. This inheritance might fill that red that also then gives you a lot more freedom than you've ever had. But that can also bring stresses with it as well because it's an unknown and psychologically, and there's a lot of psychology actually in, in our job. So psychologically, if you're shifting somebody to a position that's not what they've had for all of their life so far, your brain needs to work through that. And taking time to help somebody work through that is just as important as the solution. What proportion would you say, you might not know this answer off the top of your head, what proportion of Rachel Bell Wealth Management clients would you say are ones who are actively planning versus ones who have found themselves in a sudden position of wealth? Um, I would probably say as high as 80% actively planning. Um, where we tend to find people who have suddenly come into uh, wealth would be somebody who's been referred to us from a solicitor who's been dealing with that their parents estate as an example um, or um, you know somebody who's you know coming to wealth from other means which happens as well through various things often uh, legal situations so yeah but it, it's more often than not that we already know and we're helping the next generation but again if we're dealing with grandparents or parents now it's really important that we start to work with their family because working with their family we can then bring conversations together and conversations that are often difficult because the children worry that there's going to be an inheritance tax liability but don't want their parents to think they're after the money so they don't have the conversation and and that is so common and Cumbria, I absolutely love Cumbria wholeheartedly. And I'm going to use, Pam's not here today, but use Pam as an example. Pam's mum looks after all the needs of her gran, who is now 100. So all of her time is focusing on looking after the needs of, of her mum. Her mum is born and bred farming stock. And they've just never really talked about money. To the extent of where Pam said, mum, you do know what I do for a living, don't you? You know, you do know that I've got 20 years in financial services. 30 years now, I think she is, isn't she? 30 years in financial services. And only now is a mum sitting down because she's always worried about looking after Gran and having the conversations with Pam. And it's like a weight's been lifted because she's not having to deal with everything herself. She's thinking, oh, it's all right to talk about this. But because her mum never did, you've still got that. And I think it runs very much through farming generations as well, is that you don't talk about money um, or you don't know how to broach a subject. So sometimes by us becoming involved, they're not the ones talking about the subject, it's us. 
and it makes it a lot easier to do that. I guess that some people might just decide to give it a go themselves when it comes to investing money that they might have just come into. But I imagine there are some fairly significant risks attached to that because this is a, a specialist area and there's probably some fairly significant gaps in knowledge. There is, and there's a number of reasons for that. You know, there's a lot less financial advisors uh, out there now than there ever was. You know, you used to walk into your bank and you used to be able to make an appointment to sit down with a financial advisor. And for us, being able to have that face-to-face advice at a time like that is really, really important. But some of the latest research and figures by the chartered financial analysts that show that four in 10 millennials cite lack of knowledge as a major hurdle to invest in. Because I think sometimes because of the internet, we think it, it has to be up to us that we have to learn all of this stuff and we have to kind of just get on and do it ourselves. And you know yourself, James, you know, running a business, running a family and doing everything like that, when on earth are you going to have time to look into something as risky or is it risky investments? And actually, this is money that my parents work really hard. I don't just want to waste it. I want to be kept very careful with it. So that advice is really, really important um, because there's also a lot of emotion attached to that money. Um, We've got one client, for an example, whose mum drilled it into him. She just wanted him to enjoy this money. She just wanted him to spend it and enjoy it. So he takes an income from it, you know, every month. um, And he does because that's what his mum wanted. Whereas if you've got a lump sum and you don't know what to do with it, that can be really stressful. Then you think that you're wasting it because it's not what your parents wanted. Creates that snowball of stress. Risk. I have one, um, well, one guy who was a potential client that we did give quite a lot of advice to who then decided that he did want to go and give it a go. Three years ago. Now, unfortunately, there's an awful lot that's happened in this last three years with the pandemic um, and with, you know, the war with Russia and Ukraine and everything like that. But he's lost 50%. And it, and it's so easy it's, it's so easy to do and it's accessible as well. So I speak about my mobile phone being my entire life admin system and I do everything on it from consume my news to, to plan my days to uh, respond to clients' emails to... Um, with a small pot of cash have a bit of a dabble and play around with the markets because there are any number of apps out there that you can jump on and with relative ease get yourself set up with a a trading pot and and, and off you go you know I'm doing it on a small scale for a bit of fun and a bit of sport and you know the main bit of the pension rests with you because I wouldn't trust myself with it but I've seen firsthand how how easily you can go from you know investing in an asset uh, to it being 200% up um, or, or 95% down. Mm. And it's 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 dangerous, actually. It is. It's also, you know, uh, but again, as you said, you've got, you've got the, um, the balance right there, James, because if it's something that you're interested in, I, I'm a great believer that, you know what, you, you have a pot that, to a certain extent, it doesn't matter. It's not going to have an impact on your life if it does go down significantly. Mm. 
you're going to feel fantastic when it goes up. Um, and we often have banter with clients who do have this little pot that's their gambling pot, as they call it, and set them up with the stockbroking platform and everything like that, and off they go. Um, and that's that's great, because if it's something you're interested in, then why not? But taking a gamble on something that will have an impact on your lifestyle or that you know you would regret is different. And that's where the advice comes in. Yeah. And this transfer of wealth, and the, the, because it, it is a great transfer of wealth, I think we've got a responsibility to really support the next generation of being the right place to go to support them making good financial decisions. Is it ever too late to pick up the phone to you? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, we might say that we wish that you'd come to us a little bit earlier. Um, so it's, not, it's never too early either. Um, but... No, it isn't because um, fundamentally helping with a plan uh, is, is we can do that at any point. And, and what about the fear of, of judgment or sort of disappointed or disapproving tuts? If somebody out there listening now is like, oh, well, I wish I picked up the phone two years ago before I made some really silly decisions and mistakes and I really don't want to pick up the phone now because I'm fearful that if I do, there might be a sense of judgment on the other side of it from somebody who will say, well, you should have done this sooner or you should never have done that. Oh, but I would never say that in the first instance because, you know, you're speaking to somebody who, you know, we all make mistakes and we all um, reflect on things and think, oh my God, if only. Hindsight, it's amazing, but the reality is you are where you are. There's no, never any judgment from our perspective it will be a case of, right, okay, well, let's look at what you want and how we can um, build from that. Also, what you've learned from it, because sometimes when you have done those, oh my God, what have I just done moments, you also learn a lot from it in the process. And that can be just as valuable of the hindsight uh, that, that you've done. So there's never any judgment. Um, they, they always say, don't they, you know, don't throw stones at glass houses. And that's exactly where we come from. Uh, life is life. Life throws us curveballs. Life throws us those moments where we think, oh, blow it. I'm just going to spend it anyway. I've done it. Um, who doesn't? Let's just reflect on those figures once again as we bring this pod to a close, Rachel. So yeah. before 2025. 100 billion will transfer from one generation to the next and to put that into context again, there is only around 7.2 billion people on the planet Earth. So you know, it's, it's just an astronomical amount of money that we've got to take some responsibility to be there to help people make good decisions. Okay. And there was an even bigger figure. There was an us. even bigger figure. 355 billion by 2047. So big, big numbers big, at big stake. Numbers. But help is at hand. And I think that's that's the takeaway here is that you can plan for the future or you can take advice on the here and now. How do we do that? We get in touch, uh, pick up the phone. Um, it's Rachel Bell Wealth Management can be reached on 01228 526 or rachel.bell at sjpp.co.uk. 
there's nothing lost in the conversation is what I always say absolutely Rachel so uh, so please do pick up the phone if you feel that anything that has been discussed today resonates with you or there would be value in a conversation Rachel fascinating as ever some massive figures thank you for your time um, and we will see each other soon a pleasure James thank you Towards the beginning of the podcast, Rachel threw a lot of stats at us, as she was asked to do so. So in case you want to look at these in more detail, here's some handy information. We heard that 80% of household wealth in the UK is currently held by the over 45s, and those figures came from a report by the Office for National Statistics called Household Total Wealth in Great Britain, and it was published in January 2022. We also discussed the great wealth transfer and how £100 billion will move between generations between now and 2025 and how that figure rises to £355 billion by 2047. The figures come from uh, Estate Administration, King's Court Trust and two special reports they did about wealth transfer that have been widely cited and used in a whole host of media reports since then. The reports can be accessed by heading to the website of the organisation and that's kctrust.co.uk. They were first published in 2017 and they are available for free download. Now, we always want to hear what you've got to say about the pod. So if you've got any questions or comments, please head to the social media channels on Facebook, Instagram or LinkedIn. Search for Rachel Bell Wealth Management as if by magic the ladies will appear and you will be able to send them a message. Alternatively, you can head to the website rachelbellwealthmanagement.co.uk where you'll find a contact us form. We need you to know that the value of an investment with St. James's Place will be directly linked to the performance of the funds you select and the value can therefore go down as well as up. You may get back less than you invested. The levels and basis of taxation and relief from taxation can change at any time. The value of any tax relief depends on individual circumstances. Rachel Bell Wealth Management is an appointed representative of and represents only St. James's Place Wealth Management PLC, which is authorised and regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority for the purposes of advising solely on the group's wealth management products and services, more details of which can be found on the group's website sjp.co.uk forward slash products. SJP approved December 21st, 2023.